So, welcome to the... What was we called again? Not a clue. Jesus, guys, it's Jiraga Airsoft. Hey, Kyle. This week we're going to talk about new players. Oh, Jesus I, you know, Christ. If you can keep that up for an entire episode. <laughs> I'll do it one day. Welcome to The Safe Zone. This is a show where we chat about our experiences, other people's experiences and general shenanigans in Airsoft. If you want to get involved because this is a conversation, drop us a message on our Facebook page, reply to our Facebook comments or send us a DM on Instagram which you can find at the end of the show. This week we'll be looking at that age-old discussion, new players. I'm Chris and with me this week is... Juraga. Hannah. And Joe. Right, so this week we are looking at new players, and obviously uh, if you are a new player and you're listening in, you'll probably want to understand some of the jargon, but thankfully Drago has actually got a jargon buster. So, oh, look, I've, we've, we've got a swinging arm, just so everyone's listening. Right now we're sharing a microphone and I just swung it round and I've seen Chris dodge out of the way. <laughs> but, you uh, just, did you just try to take Chris out Effectively, with that's, that's kind of how it looked. Uh, the the okay. face of fear as the microphone <laughs> swung around. Uh, yeah, so uh, we just wanted to make sure that everyone understood uh, what we're talking about as we go through the series. So, uh, some common terminology that uh, comes up in Airsoft Talk is, um, one of them is AEG. Uh, that means automatic electric gun. These are going to be your kind of rifle platforms that run on batteries. Uh, you also have GBB. Uh, Joe, what's GBB? Uh, gas blowback. Gas blowback. That's a recoiling pistol, right? So every time you take a shot... The uh, slide of the pistol will cycle and load in the next BB, and that runs, as you would expect, on gas. Uh, just, a, just a note on that, George. Yep. It doesn't, isn't exclusive just to pistols. Oh, that's true. Yeah, so we do have GBBR, right? So uh, adding on that R, what does that R stand for, Hannah? Rifle. Rifle. So gas blowback rifle. <laughs> uh, those also uh, run on gas. And you're finding that uh, a lot of things are running on CO2 at the minute as well, which is just ca- uh, little capsules of compressed gas. Uh, then we also have NBB. Chris, what does NBB stand for? NBB is non-blowback. Uh, that was a really good uh, attempt to get to the microphone there, I realise. <laughs> I had to practically kiss you then to do that. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be an intimate episode. Um. George, by the way, you can hear you tapping on it. Uh, well, as soon as I swung it, yeah, I realised. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, it's a really good, uh, good note to let me know because I'll try not to do that as much as possible. Um, so NBB was non-blowback. HPA, who's got HPA? Hi, I don't know. High pressure, pressure air. Airsoft, yeah. yeah. High pressure high, air. High pressure air, indeed. <laughs> uh, that is, is all about... Um, where, where AEGs run on batteries, these run on tanks of compressed gas, compressed air rather, uh, and uh, the guns have a hose connected to them, uh, to this, this gas tank. Uh, then we have FPS. Uh, who, can, who can give us a rundown for FPS? Uh, it's feet per second. Feet per second. What is feet per second used for, Joe? Uh, feet per second, it governs how fast the BB is actually travelling through the air. Yes, yeah, so it is a measurement uh, which it we is. can we can um, kind of uh, measure. Surprisingly, it's, but uh, I think we're going to move on to the next one in a second. But there are some issues with um, FPS, uh, particularly when it comes to the weight of the BB. So we also use. What else do we use, George? We use Joule, Joe. Nice. 
Uh, do you want to explain Jules then? I, I heard Hannah there as well. A little like, yeah, she knows what she's talking about. <laughs> cool. Look at that. <laughs> uh, so uh, Jules is what we're trying to, as an industry, start moving towards. Uh, Jules are a far better representation of the uh, velocity at which the BB is leaving your uh, platform. Uh, so whether that's a uh, rifle or a, or a pistol or whatever. Um, but also because we do use different weight BBs, sometimes the velocity changes for those bbs uh and so making sure you use the right um measurement of velocity uh make sure that we don't actually fire guns that are too hot cool yeah yeah i like that that was good good uh moving on to a bit of the gameplay stuff um something that's used a lot is cqb chris what is cqb um it is uh, cqb is actually close quarter battle correct (laughs) look at that Uh, (laughs) so uh (laughs) Close Quarter Battles uh, usually describes a um, a scenario where you're competing against people in very close quarters situations. So, like, around the corner, really um, close, it's going to hurt. Um, <laughs> skirmish. What is Skirmish, Hannah? Uh, I just, uh, just like, airsoft gameplay. <laughs> that, that was right, yeah. It is airsoft gameplay. So this is a, a day where um, it's usually a lot of mini-games. Uh, and it's just people turn up. There's no um, requirement for for any kits or anything. You just have to turn up with the right safety gear. Um, do the safety brief. You pay to play. Kind of the most similar to paintball, I think. Can I mm. can I just mention that uh, this is also a learning experience for me, and that generally I know what these things mean, but I don't know the actual defini- definition. If that makes sense. So like yeah, CQB, yeah. I know what it means, but I didn't know what it meant. I can't remember already. Close quarter battle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, precisely. So, um, so yeah. Well, I mean, that's good to know. You know, <laughs> six and a half years in the in the hobby. <laughs> it's just not something that really comes up. People just use it so generally, the words that you just you just pick up what it means, but not the actual defini- definition. That makes sense. Anyway, moving on. Uh, cool. Well, that's a good point. That's why we're doing this. <laughs> yeah, precisely. Next is a uh, milsim. Okay, so Milsim is a short form for military simulation. This is really for those hardcore airsofters. So everything is very um, scripted, almost. So you'll have very clear teams. You'll have to wear different things for each team. You won't wear coloured armbands. Generally, you have ammo limits. Um, Sometimes there are medic rules in place as well. So you can actually, you're not out. Like you are in a skirmish, you go to a respawn. Sometimes you can be healed. Um, they are very, they tend to be a lot more in-depth than your average skirmish. There's a lot more thought that goes into them, uh, and they require a lot more thought from yourself as well. Yeah, that's fair. And, and they're often um, a lot more intensive as an experience, um, also financially intensive. So, um, oh, yes. One of the things that is good about Milsims that people really do enjoy is it's objective-based. So uh, throughout the day, you'll have a list of objectives that you, you have to kind of attain and you'll be sent out by a commander. So it, it follows a lot more of a military uh, line. However, one of the kind of midpoints um, between a skirmish and a milsim is a battle sim, which takes some of the elements of milsims and kind of apply it to a, a broader um, player base. So that if you are interested in doing a bit of that uh, objective-based gameplay, uh, you can kind of go along to a battle sim, which they may have camo uh, or rough camo uh, requirements, but the majority of it is just about the gameplay style. Uh, so you get a, a kind of a taste for Milsim without having to go the whole hog. Um, the next bi- uh, jargon-busting 
terminology-based word. Wow, good, good use of language. Congratulations. Uh, <laughs> thanks. Is MOSFET. Um, and I think the, the best way to describe a MOSFET is that it's a microcomputer designed to balance and control the power output of AEG batteries. That just kind of maintains uh, all of your internals. Um, and it's like, as Hannah put earlier, a, a kind of a brain for an AEG, right? Is that right, Hannah? Yeah, yeah that's what I said. The computer. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I like that little, that's what I said. You know, yeah. make, make sure <laughs> I get that credit. <laughs> Uh, and then battery types, you might hear people talk about batteries. Um, you might hear people say LiPo, uh, Life, and n I can never say this one in the way that people say it. N Nimha? Nim. Nim. Yeah, to get mixed up with obviously Nymphomania, but <laughs> Nim. <laughs> but there's also obviously the newer one, which is slowly creeping into the market, which is obviously a lithium ion, which is obviously Li what the Titans are. Lion. Lion. Yeah. Suppose. But yeah, but Nymph is sort of slowly fading out now. Uh, yeah, so, and, and the main difference is that these different battery types have different um, discharge rates and capacities, and uh, it's all mostly chemically driven. Um, anyway, that's scientific, and we don't need that. Um, the next thing is iPro. Who wants to take that? It's uh, safety goggles for your eyes or glasses so that you don't go blind when you get shot. That is always uh, a desired <laughs> result, not going blind when you get shot. Yeah. Uh, so there's iPro, uh, which eye protection, and then you've got blind fire. Um, these, this is now coming into t uh, gameplay terminology. Uh, Joski? Uh, blind firing, it's the term that's used to describe when you cannot see what you are shooting at. The easiest way to describe this is if you are around a corner and you know that someone is further down that corridor coming towards you, Blind firing would be sticking your gun around that corner without being able to see exactly where that person is and pulling the trigger. The problem is, if that person is at the end of your gun when you hold that trigger down, that person is not going to be best pleased with you. Yeah, exactly, and it's a it's a real safety issue there um, mm, because you, you might end up you might end up injuring someone uh, without um, without knowing it, and uh, that is the number one. Um, safety rule on almost all not almost on all airsoft sites no blind firing if you get caught blind firing you're cheating and you're gone uh the next one uh in a similar vein to that um but quite contentious is pre-firing uh chris pre-firing is very similar to obviously blind firing but except it's more of you're already pre-shooting before you've turned the corner as it were kind of thing so you're obviously attacking before you've even seen the player in sight which is sort of like blind firing but it's more of a Right, so so what you're saying is you can see down your sights and you can see where you're shooting, but you're moving around a corner um, and whilst you're firing. Yes. Gotcha. Um, BFG, Chris, do you want to take that blank one? Blank firing grenade. Oh, there we go. There you go. Hannah got it. Blank firing grenade. So I initially was just going to blow out big uh, friendly giant, but... Well, blank firing grenades are um, a grenade type in uh, airsoft which actually use real ammunition shells with kind of uh, explosive powder but there's no bullet for example so it just yep. makes a big bang nice last few let's let's run through them so there's pyro which is uh, all about your, the grenades so smoke grenades that you can use that gives you cover uh, you've got flashbangs which are uh, again they are things that just go bang and are really quite loud different sites allow you to use different things uh, then you've got high cap 
which is a high-capacity magazine. You'll hear that said a lot. There's usually uh, about 300 rounds in a magazine, maybe higher than that. Um, causes a lot of rattle, and that therefore people sometimes choose to go to a mid-cap or a low-cap, which are uh, magazines with much lower capacity. So uh, we're talking about 100 to 175, uh, but there is no rattle in these these. Um, these magazines and then the final bit of jargon busting unless anyone else can think of any is uh the hop you know what is the thing that everyone refers to the hop to J- joe do you want to take that the hop uh generally also referred to as the hop up inside a gun um it puts backspin on the bb as it goes down the barrel by introducing a small nub into the top of the barrel which hits the bb as it travels down it causing the bb to spin which means it should in theory stay in a straight line for longer so you get more of a distance on it can i add that it's a physical thing that you can take in and out of guns and you can get different type of nubs so it's an actual physical lump that puts the the spin onto the bb that lifts it yeah you may hear people talking about r hops flat Mm -hmm. hops uh we won't go into the detail of it now uh but the idea is that there are different types of hop that you can apply to your BBs, which give different effects depending on what you want. Great. Right, so obviously we're going to look at obviously the differences between the new and, well, well, the new then when we were playing and the new now. I mean, when I first started, obviously we, obviously I said in the previous episode, obviously I started out with a GNG combat machine and I, I did make a lot of rough Bad purchases. Obviously, I made I made my mistakes because I did that horrible thing of like I just saw the name brands and just bought whatever I thought was legit, as it were. Um, I I admit one of the biggest mistakes I've made was um, ordering a set of iPro from eBay, which I mean, Ooh. I mean, obviously, yeah, I regret this now. I mean, I didn't really concentrate on the whole situation of goggles and what you needed to look for i just saw obviously everyone uses revisions oh there's a set of revisions on there these would be perfect ordered them and obviously there was supposed to be in one color and you're getting two pairs of the same color which obviously screams alarm bells yeah um obviously a lot of the information and leaflets was um yeah printed <laughs> as it were yeah, yeah you could definitely sense an inkjet printer from somewhere <laughs> in china but um yeah it was not the best decision and obviously uh, tests proven it wasn't legit so obviously in the bin the go and that was wasted money so obviously yeah we've learnt my own mistakes but um i suppose george have you had any well actually it's, it's like i had a very similar thing to you so um in the early days i was like ah oh, maybe i should get a helmet right maybe a helmet is what i want to do protect my noggin as a, as a run around oh my god there is a helmet with a visor i want the vi- so I was like, that that would save me having to get iPro. That would be great. Uh, I sent them a message. Uh, again, I think it, this was an eBay thing. Uh, and I sent them a message. I was like, hey, is this okay for Airsoft? And we're talking eight years ago now, right? So someone's clearly gone, Airsoft could be a thing. I might be able to make a bit of money off that. Started up their little business and uh, haven't really been doing all the safety st- uh, safety side of stuff. So uh, their response was yes, because they wanted to sell something. Uh, I got it, and I started using it. And then uh, after a few months, I started realizing that there were posts coming up online of uh, people's visors smashing. Like, the BBs were striking them, and they were cracking. And I I was like, oh, God. It's the first time I've actually thought about it. And this is in a time where, actually, you didn't have huge amounts of information. There was some. It was starting to get more popular. 
but the information you had was heavily coming from the people that were selling you products. So uh, I definitely kind of relate to that that idea that uh, you know you 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 do the noob thing, right? Noob. I said that weird. The noob. Uh, <laughs> novice. Novice. Noob buying. Oh, I suppose that is another jargon busting term. Noob is just new player who who doesn't yet have the experience to understand what is good and what is cheap. And that, you know, sometimes cheap stuff is cheap for the wrong reasons. Um, but yeah, I had I had that thing. Um, there were only a few sites as well back then, as in shops that I used to get from. I used to get from Airsoft World. I used to get from Fire Support, uh, Action Hobbies, and Zero One. I can't really think of any more UK-based, uh, maybe Wolf Armories. There were the Airsoft only ones... World I used a lot. Yeah, Airsoft World was the one that kind of stuck stuck out at that point right mm. easy easy enough to say easy enough to remember i think that was kind of it um did you get much stuff from S of world joe uh i bought a couple of bits from that i believe that uh if you remember in episode one i was talking about our cheap shotguns and i believe yeah. both those shotguns that i purchased came from airsoft world um i i still use them on and off now actually uh they're still a reasonable retailer but yeah the I thought they you were, were talking very about good. the shotguns, so I was, <laughs> I was about to say, oh. we need to talk. <laughs> uh, oh, no. I still have a shotgun, um, <laughs> but it doesn't come out. Um, but yeah, they, they are, they're still a retailer I use. Uh, Hannah, who did you use when you first started? Uh, is it a lot of the same <laughs> same companies that are currently going? Or, are you, uh, or, I... or and, and are we, did you just use Lewis? Yeah, Lewis. Lewis is <laughs> hella knowledgeable and for a very long time it was like look you really like you're doing the thing that i love to do so he would just buy me everything everything that i needed he would supply me with and he still does bless him love him for that but he's um yeah he knows all the ins and outs and he before he buys every anything he will just investigate he'll go through all the group forums he will you know youtube google what works, what doesn't work, which one's better, which one's better for money, which one will, you know, all the things that you need to know. Did his research. He does research. He does an awful lot of research. And also just talking to people, like uh, personal experiences on like a certain gun or, you know, a certain upgrade. Yeah, Lewis is my retailer. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. well, like I say, I suppose that's something, obviously, like you say, we did re- do your research is obviously a main one. I mean, after after the goggle incident, obviously when I wanted it come to the point of getting my combat machine, obviously I I went drilled so many YouTubers and st- like videos and stuff like that. I mean, after the kit, uh, obviously I had my I did actually have a set of um, repro, uh, I suppose surplus um, army pants, which I still wear today. Um, mm. I bought a set of boots, cheap boots, like fake military boots, off obviously once again eBay again, the dreaded eBay. But they were all right. They actually lasted me about six months before they eventually kicked it. Um, and yeah, it was. Um, I had, I did actually have a, a Viper tactical vest, which I actually bought off a friend who used to do that dreaded paintball thing again. Um, which actually I still wore for a good for a few years. I mean, obviously Viper people, when you hear reviews on. Viper, there's some people give you that kind of mixed bag review of it, but to be honest, this it's obviously you just gotta take it to your own, really. But then, but then that's a really good point because actually, uh, Viper then and Viper now are almost two completely different companies. Yeah, right. It's it's like so, 
we talked about on the last podcast again, uh, JG um, was a, one of the cheapest of the cheap entry-level um, platforms uh, or manufacturers in the airsoft, uh, airsoft world, and they were Chinese clones, effectively. Uh, now, though, JG guns are, because the standard of everything has increased so much, it's actually a reputable gun. Like you could run a JG and it'd be fine. Viper, very long, uh, along the same yeah. lines as that. Back then, quality might have been questionable because they were a smaller company. But now, uh, I have no. I run Viper boots right now. Uh, I have no problem running those. Uh, I think there are a lot of Viper um, pa- uh, not pouches and and rigs that actually make sense. Uh, they're they're cheap, cheap, uh, but they're not, they're cheap price, but not cheap quality. If that makes mm-hmm. sense, do you agree? Yeah, I mean that's that's reasonable, isn't it? I think the there is always that side that a business will always develop, mm-hmm. and when we think about where we started, George, and we were so long ago that actually the a lot of these companies were quite new, yeah. particularly to our side of the industry, to the UK side. Yeah, they've been going abroad for a while, but the UK side wasn't that well established by then, so they have developed over time as well and that's allowed them to then refine techniques and develop decent products really the other side of then and now is like probably when you guys started the online community wasn't as vast or i don't know if there was one but now you can just go into a group put in the search bar i don't know hpa engine or polar star or you know and then that keyword will come up and someone has already asked the question and like 30 people already answered it and i don't know if if that was even about when you guys were beginning it was really strange wasn't it the airsoft was almost a um it was almost underground yeah. when we started really it it wasn't something that really people really talked about when you explained it to people it was oh mm. is that like paintball like, yeah, and of course we <sighs> like we naturally use that that terminology now, but it's becoming less and less necessary. Uh, yeah, that description um, because it's becoming its own mainstream thing. You know, people want to do airsoft because they want to do airsoft, not because they want something that's like paintball. Mm-hmm. So I suppose obviously when we were I was starting out, obviously goggles, the lower mesh mask, and that was it. But, I mean, so I suppose George, what would you recommend in terms of obviously Face Pro for a new player? Um, in terms of the minimum for any new players, you have to have full seal eye protection. That is the the key one. Um, if you've been experienced uh, as a player for a while, then you might choose not to have full seal. And full seal, we're effectively talking about making sure that there's no gap around your eye. Uh, it's usually like a foam um, seal around the edge of the glasses or the goggles, whatever it is that you're wearing. And that just prevents a BB from getting um, up up and and kind of like hitting you in the sensitive gooey bit of your face because uh, those those are pretty hard to replace so um i would definitely the, say the before... sensitive gooey bits of your face yeah yeah, yeah exactly hard to ah. replace those ah mesh all right so i run mesh still occasionally but there are these um there are these horror stories where actually because there are some bad quality bbs which i'm sure we'll come on to in in, in a bit um, these bad quality BBs can uh, kind of break as they hit a mesh um, goggle. And and by mesh, what we're, we're talking about for any new players, uh, it's effectively a piece of plastic with loads of uh, small holes punched through so that you can see through them. But effectively, if anything comes at you and, and strikes that part of, uh, of your face, you're going to be fine. 
Um, just on a note on that, George, it does tend to be metal, not. Plastic. I was just going to say, yeah, metal probably more. What did I say? Plastic. plastic. Oh, okay. <laughs> they tend to be yeah, metal. that's not right. Yeah, that's yeah, good shout. <laughs> so, just, if... just just in case anyone wants to make their own. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't. maybe. Maybe don't do that. It's uh, very similar to like a metal strainer, but obviously don't go around nicking your mum's strainer <laughs> hoping that's going to be good face pro because it's not. <laughs> that's we should try that it. Next time we go airsofting. Um, DIY you bring, I bring. you bring a strainer and I'll shoot you and we'll see what happens. Somehow I don't want to try that. <laughs> no? Damn it. Um, so so uh, that's what we mean by mesh. Um, we always, I think we recommend uh, glasses like uh, ballistic or at least... They should all be rated up to a certain standard the best thing to do um and thing that i've i've done for a long time is always go with a reputable brand if you're going to buy goggles only always go with a brand that you know are going to give you the quality there's no point going with someone cheap so go with someone who already supplies either military or simulation or go with someone you know who already does it oh, yeah no, that's uh, that's a real fair point also if you're uh not blind, but I mean, like, I can't see without my normal glasses. Um, often the more reputable brands do like uh, prescription inserts. So you can just be wearing the glasses with your prescription in and you can actually see what you're shooting at. <laughs> That's always a bonus, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Or you can wear contact lenses underneath, but it depends on what you're, you can do, you know. Mm. I think the other thing to do as well is if you do decide to buy something, uh, eBay or Amazon, or there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but the first thing you need to be doing is once you've got it, shoot it mm-hmm. in in the safety of your own home. Shoot it. Um, put a, a cushion or something behind it to catch a BB if it goes through, and just see what happens. If it if it leaves a mark, they're probably not safe. If it doesn't leave a mark, you're probably alright. Uh, I just want to highlight if you're shooting your glasses, Joe. Yeah. Don't you need to wear glasses? You should be wearing some glasses. Yes, good idea. Nice one. Because you've got the T strainer. That should be fine. (laughs) Yeah, you only need one eye. T strainer. Only over one eye. Squint down one side. Uh, Obviously, if you are going to do this in your home, be aware of what you're doing. But, yeah, absolutely. The um, the other types of because uh, there's so much out there now you can get goggles with fans in them because one of the biggest issues with glasses um, just the glass type um, eye pro is that it fogs up you know if if you're on a, a hot or a cold day and the temperature inside the uh, the goggles is significantly different to that outside of the goggles they tend to fog uh, you can get anti fog and that kind of works a little bit um, in different situations. Uh, and that's usually a spray that you you kind of put on the day before. You wipe it off. It leaves a, a film uh, over that that um, over the lens, and that kind of protects you from fogging. Um, or you can get a fan and turn that on, and it kind of, kind of keeps the airflow going through. I can't do without my fan in my goggles now. Really? I, are you are yeah. you converted? Oh, hundred percent, absolute hundred percent. I wouldn't. I don't think I'd ever go back. The only issue is that the Having a fan inside your goggles means they're a little bit bulkier, um, but you don't really get any noise. They're very, very quiet, uh, if you get a good one anyway. Um, they run off a AA battery, and they last forever. I suppose also there's obviously something we haven't really mentioned, and obviously it's that Dye i4 masks. Recently a lot of airsofters, and obviously speed softers, which is something obviously we'll explain later on, that have seemed to have picked up as the go-to eye pro and face pro, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I've got a uh, a Nuprol uh, full face paintball mask. In general, 
I will not go into CQB sites without it now. Um, I feel like the main thing, like I want to protect my teeth. Um, I don't want to have to pay for some new ones because apparently it's rather expensive. Uh, I actually chipped one. You chipped a tooth? When, yeah, yeah, we, are we talking ago. airsoft wise? Are we talking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh was, wow! It was, it was an airsoft game quite a while ago. I think it was. What happened? Uh, chipped a tooth. <laughs> <laughs> got. I was wearing a set of ballistic goggles or glasses actually at the time, and I have only recently started wearing lower face protection. And it, I'll admit, it was when we went to the stand was the first time that I wore lower face protection. Um, and yeah, I took a shot to the face. And it just happened to clip a tooth at the right point. Or the wrong point, yeah. Quite a few years ago. And it's caused me no end of issues since. So yes, do wear full face protection, guys. Gum shields. Gum shields. Gum shields are great alternative. Well, I say great. I've never wanted to ever look at gum shields. I just like talking. I think if, you wear, if you're going to wear a gum shield, you've got to have one made for you. Because otherwise you end up talking like this. really annoying. Uh, I wear some- a gum shield sometimes. That was that was Joe taking his teeth out. <laughs> do you, how how do you find it? And do you um, find it all right with the gum shield? Yeah, I just yeah. try not to talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> like like well, like if I'm walking back to the safe zone, I'll just take it out. See, I just don't really care that if it, if I get tons of dirt in my mouth, I suppose I'll just take it out, shove it back in. You know, shove yeah, it in the dump pouch, and then shove it back in again when I'm going like into somewhere that I think I'm going to get blatted in the face. Mine's got vampire teeth on. Okay, see, that's just cool. <laughs> so, I don't like wearing face masks because I just feel claustrophobic and my glasses steam up instantly. Um, and what else is there? Yeah, I just, gum shields, just like the happy medium. And I almost, like sometimes when I'm not wearing it, I almost like want to hang back because I'm worried about my teeth. And then, like, if you put it in, it's like, ah, it's okay. I'm just going to run in, and if I get shot in the face, everything's going to be fine. Another thing, obviously, I will I say, I'll say it's on par with, obviously, eye protection, is actually some decent foot protection, actual foot. Mm. Decent uh, footwear. Not Converse. Wait, you're <laughs> saying that's not good? What? <laughs> the amount of times I have rolled my ankle mm. in uh, playing airsoft, even with boots on, but, like, yeah. just the... the you know, it is just either woodland or, you know, there's no footpaths. Yeah, you just got to tread, tread carefully. And when you're getting shot at as well, and you're <laughs> trying to jump over a, a small mound and you don't, you misjudge it because you're in mm-hmm. a panic and you've got all this kit on. Yeah. Suddenly you find yourself landing funny and that, that's an ankle broken. Yeah. Boots or no boots. So... Or in George's case, a shotgun. <laughs> or a shotgun broken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> George is oh, crying so inside. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell that story another time. <laughs> Put salt in the wound on that one. Yeah. Um, you can look at surplus military-grade boots, obviously, from your dirt surplus cheap. stores. Ridiculously dirt cheap. Even hiking shops and obviously mm-hmm. getting some walking boots. They're decent. Com- I mean, that's what I wear personally, and I think it's far more comfier than some military boots you can yeah. get. Mine um, are um, Solomon's. Solomon's, yeah, but in Solomon's a tan, a- tan colour. Nice, very yeah. nice. So Solomon's yeah. are a top. top I mean, if we're if we're going to name drop, um, I will only ever wear Magnums now. Um, yeah, but, yeah, but are we? Uh, <laughs> what are we talking about here? Are we talking about boots or um, <laughs> other things? <laughs> 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 One of the things that I did want to uh, touch on because I I just realised um, 
We didn't include this in the Dragon Buster, but it's the the most important thing for a new player, which is Yukara. Oh, Yukara! Now that's a can of worms, isn't it? You just like we just signaled uh, everyone in the airsoft community that their ears just perked up, and they were like, "Oh, I've got an opinion." <laughs> you you are absolutely right. So, um, Yukara, it known as the United Kingdom Airsoft Retailers Association, this is really the airsoft community's response to what was the VCRA Act or the Violent Crime Reduction Act. The idea was to limit people's access to replica firearms for good reason. Um, they are a risk and you all you have to do is spend five minutes on the internet to see countless situations where people have been arrested for carrying replica firearms or in the worst case, shot for carrying replica firearms. Yeah, it can get pretty serious. It, it can do, can't it? It's, it's not too nice. So, Yukara came about as a way to almost license Airsoft. Yeah, it's effectively, it's a membership, right? So, yeah. the, the idea of it is to give uh, Airsoft players and also reenactors and theatrical, um, th- theatrical, theatre makers, um, a valid defense for purchasing realistic imitation firearms. The the key thing here is that it is purchasing only. So if I were to buy an airsoft gun using my Yukara number, and I were to give that to George, who may not currently have a Yukara number, <laughs> George, you would never not have a Yukara number. I know, right? <laughs> but if I were to give it to George, that would be absolutely fine. If, however, George came to me and said, Joe, I want you to buy me an airsoft gun and gave me money and then I purchased one. That is technically in breach of the Yukara. Yeah, yeah, because the the person that wants to purchase it uh, has not gone through the uh, required um, kind of stipulations just to to prove that they are uh, reasonable and are going to act uh, reasonably with that realistic imitation firearm. So um, the... Requirements are to play, and please correct me if I'm wrong because it's been a while since I've looked at it, uh, to play no less than three times at the same site uh, for no less than two months. Okay. And you must be uh, 18 years and over. Uh, Good point, because actually that still applies. Yeah, you have to be 18 to buy an airsoft gun, so uh, that still applies to the Yukara defense. However, you you do not have to be 18 to own an airsoft gun. Just as a important point of reference. God, I'm looking forward to finding out uh, all of the comments that come after this. Oh. Just loads, loads. <laughs> of, like this is one of those topics that people just they love to debate, and <laughs> and I don't, I don't particularly like it. <laughs> well, it's it's a tough one, isn't it? Because it has such a massive impact on what we do as airsofters, mm-hmm. and although there was a consultation period, in reality. Airsofters themselves were not spoken to about it. Oh, I don't. I don't know about that. I think UCAPU are the are the organisation. You are no. You're absolutely right. But they UCAPU didn't exist when Yukara first came in. I think they did. I'm pretty sure they did. Uh, I I not of a, not of any significant level. Okay. Um, and um, you, just because so Yukara, that's the that's the UK um, airsoft uh, union. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yukara, because it's aimed at retailers, it was always in the realms of purchasing as opposed to owning, okay. um, which is where the, the issues have come in. Uh, and that's why people like to debate it so much, I think, because they feel like they're being t- 
taken out of it. Uh, not to mention the fact that the government are still trying to crack down. But that's that's a discussion for another time, I think. Yeah, I think the, I think the main issue is obviously Yukara can become a minefield of this and that. So, <laughs> but um, I suppose obviously like going away from Yukara now and whatever. Um, I say new players and influencers. Um, obviously, what responsibilities do influencers like? I mean, I suppose like ourselves and other people, and I suppose in the industry, I also say the dreaded horrible word of uh, soft celebrities. George. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, big big celebrities like George. I mean, I don't know who he is, but... He's a bit of a... I can't say it. <laughs> We're talking about any airsoft um, influencer of some sort, right? So a yeah. sizable, with a sizable audience. Yeah. Well, the, the person that sticks out to me the most, being a female and all that, is uh, good old Kelly. Femme fatale. You know, to be a woman and to be so well respected for her actual knowledge about airsoft is like a huge deal and to be um just like in and at the same level as all the other guys you know like she goes to these places and she's respected as a business and as a airsofter instead of being you know the female part is kind of you know doesn't doesn't matter yeah it doesn't matter um that's like super important, not just to me, but to just get girls involved, you know, just um, just to have fun, shoot some people, you know, it's just it's just good to see. Well, that's also, I guess, the, the whole idea of role models, right? Everyone needs a role model. And um, and this is something we'll definitely talk about uh, in a later podcast. But the idea of um, there are oh, and a big change from actually really relevant, big change from 10 years ago. Uh, there are a lot more female airsoft players, mm-hmm. like a lot more female airsoft players. It's now um, coming to a, coming to a point where it's uh, you don't go to a, a game day without uh, female players, whereas it used to be the most rare thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it used to be a, a hyper masculine, uh, quite a um, quite. A, I guess toxic is is the word that I want to use, but not quite as uh, dramatic. But it used to be quite a, a toxic environment to to bring a, um a woman into because you mm-hmm. know if you got a a bunch of dudes trying to outdude each other well it's uh, it's just they are just everyone's measuring their dick yeah yeah <laughs> and by much. dick you mean the length of their rifle right <laughs> oh i don't know that's debatable <laughs> but but having having role mo- <laughs> having role models uh you know, is is really vital for every new player you know being able to look to someone and go that's how I want to engage in airsoft. That's what I want to do. Okay, George. Uh, yeah. On that topic, can I ask you a question? Oh dear. When okay. this is this goes to everyone as well, um, though specific, more specifically, probably George, um, because of how long you've been playing. But when you started, who was your influence? Because so I, I, the only reason I ask is because from my point of view, there wasn't really anyone. That's... Playing no, playing no. Well, actually, you would have been my my influence. Oh, on that look one. at that! Uh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, so, <laughs> yeah. But um, from, from a from a serious point of view, though, social media has grown so much in the past decade that when we started, this wasn't a thing. But so... you feel, okay? So one thing I will point out is I've always yeah. been into the social media YouTube yes. uh, yeah, yeah. side of stuff. So actually, I did have. Um, people that i looked up to uh airsoftology 
is yeah, okay. uh, is someone that I've always looked up to. He didn't he doesn't do much gameplay, but his whole um demeanor, his whole attitude yeah, yeah. of, you know, positive community and and supporting each other is something that stuck with me throughout my entire um airsoft uh I'm going to call it a career and be a douche about it. <laughs> um but like that that's something that stuck with me this whole time and actually it's come directly from this idea that that's what I want to be, you know, and I want to make sure that I, I kind of live up to and play by values that promote really positive things within the places that I go. Hmm. No, that's fair. And there are always going to be controversial figures um, that, that mm-hmm. kind of uh, don't live up to the same values as you and, and do produce content, which is either questionable or um, controversial uh, and Chris is a big social media uh, media follower, so he kind of mm. like always lets us know about uh, the latest controversies going on around. What's the What's the latest, Chris? You got anything juicy right now? No, I haven't actually. Nothing. Uh, besides, at the time of this recording, obviously things might have changed. Oh God, everything will have yeah. changed. <laughs> everything is controversial now. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit of a gossip girl on that subject, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> but it's really good to to kind of like always always look at that, uh, and and I think there is a big responsibility for people to do the right thing and i ah god do we no in this one we'll save it for another one we'll we'll dedicate an entire topic to airsoft influencers the effects of and um nice i think we need the negatives yeah because actually i do want to name names but i want to be able (laughs) to be balanced about it so so uh, we'll definitely come back to that i have to kick the soapbox away from him (laughs) well we'll we'll just have to keep him under control for that one (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because we've been playing for so long hey have i said that so far <laughs> because we, because we've been playing for so long one of the things that i uh i was reminded of recently actually in the last um 18 months uh was safety briefings and a good safety brief because i've been to so many different sites now that you you're expected to know what is uh acceptable and what's not and uh i went to some rift events and uh Tony from Rift, he kind of every single time there's a Rift um, airsoft day, he gives like a 20 minute long safety brief. Hannah, you've you've been there with me for a, for a few of them, haven't you? Yes, uh, it's, it's the worst in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and because when we're saying 20 minutes, we would legitimately mean it's 20 minutes stood around listening to Tony. Um, so there are definite downsides to being cold and not being able to feel your toes even before you start. Uh, but I did I did sit there, not sit there, stand there, whichever one I did. I was there and I was thinking, this is a really detailed, instructive safety brief. And the fact that that was going through my brain meant that I hadn't paid attention hugely to the other safety briefs. So I think it's a, like, a really important thing that if you're going to go airsofting, you either go to a place that gives really good safety briefs or you make a point to understand exactly what the rules and safety uh, safety stuff is, uh, because otherwise you end up with with players just doing stupid things, you know, aiming to kind of cause injury, um, as opposed to you know have a good game day. I, I think that's a really interesting point. Um, the thing I would challenge with that though, and uh, you say go to a site which gives a really good safety brief. As new players, they don't know what a good safety brief is. That's why I that's why I caveat it with or try and find that out. Yeah, then again, the sites aren't going to advertise that they do a really good safety brief. So you, if you, for example, if you go on the Rifts 
website to make a booking, it doesn't say our safety briefs are the best in the industry. I get what you're saying. Maybe it I'm should. Not, yeah, yeah. I'm get, I get what you're saying. What I'm, what I'm, I think I'm alluding to is if they don't give a good safety brief for you to understand everything, maybe try somewhere else. Does that yeah. make sense? I mean, that's. I think people. I think airsofters, particularly new airsofters, should try a set of sites anyway. Don't just pick mm-hmm. the one closest to you. Do find some other ones. Do find something else. Do experience it from other people's point of view. Not only for the safety brief side, but every safety brief is different. Um, you said that the Rift one is about 20 minutes long. Now, that, to me, does sound a bit excessive, but you said it was really informative, which is great. Um, as a contrast to that, Matlock Combat Games, theirs is about 10 minutes long, and there has always been something in there that has made people laugh, whether it's one of the marshals taking the mick out of one of the other marshals, or poking fun at what happened last week, um, or what normally happens is they highlight a, a safety point by pointing out someone who did it wrong and suffered for it. Um, which there is no issue with that because that really highlights why we do things. But I think it's really important that they that new players get an experience of multiple different safety briefs. And I, I agree. I agree. But I and but I do think the best safety briefs include all of the safety elements that you need, but mm-hmm. also include that sportsmanship element. So mm-hmm. you can do it in a jokey that way. You can have that camaraderie. Bit. Yeah, but uh, mm-hmm. like understanding that actually the aim of the game is not to necessarily just win, but to make sure that you uh, you look out for each other and you're uh, sportsmanlike and you don't cheat call uh, because like that is that is something that I have noticed with the more play more people doing airsoft and the more players understanding what airsoft is and getting involved in it um, because of whatever they've watched online. They start that there is a lot more cheat calling. There is a lot more. Um, you are cheating. This is cheating. Uh, I'm not cheating, even though actually probably no one is. Um, okay, that actually leads on quite nicely, doesn't it? Because I wanted to talk about cheating, and I wanted to do it based on the story we heard last episode about Chris and his first time softing, where he was wearing a thick hoodie and he didn't realise he was being shot at. I think there is a way to cheat call. And there is a way to handle it as well. And Chris handled it really well by speaking to the person after the game and saying, look, I'm really sorry. And I think if you realize that you have been shot and you didn't take your hit, or someone says, just so you know, you should be out by now, it is important for you to find that person after the game and go, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to do it. I genuinely couldn't feel those BBs. Because unlike paintball where you get a really obvious mark airsoft it can be very hard to tell if you've been hit or in cqb and and the cqb environment it can be very hard to tell if you've been shot or if it's just a ricochet Uh, so i always run by the rule of doubt rule of doubt benefit Benefit of the doubt doubt. yeah i always run by the rule benefit of the doubt right (laughs) which which is a shame because it seems that not everyone does that and actually we have a comment on on facebook by uh, a guy called dave uh, he said recently he's noticed new players are more likely to be left to fend for themselves. Um, and then there's complete uh, complaints of uh, cheating. If we're relating this back to safety briefs, if you don't know the expectations of your field, then you're not going to know um, how to call your hits effectively. You don't know that you're uh, that it's an honor-based game and that everyone's supposed to uh, you know follow the same rules. And you're not encouraged to talk to others to find out, right? So if Chris is... If Chris, uh, on his first day, didn't go up and say uh, say sorry to that guy, that, that guy could have quite clearly gone. All right, well, that's clearly a cheater. You know, let's call him that and and consider him that forever. 
Yeah, and that would then affect Chris later on when he if he came back to play Matlock or when he came back to play Matlock because he's played quite a few times since. Um, but that that would actually have a negative effect on his experience. But Chris, as you said, you were encouraged to go over and speak to the guy, and you did so, and it turned out all was okay because people understand. Yeah, well, that's what, that's what it was. It was kind of obviously like say I didn't I didn't realize because obviously. Obviously, I didn't feel it, so I didn't know. And it wasn't until, obviously, Jeff kind of clearly pointed it out to me and he said they were literally bouncing off you. And I just didn't even think, because obviously the heat of the moment, you'd, everyone everyone in here could raise their hand on it. We get into moments where you full-on battle, you're running like a lunatic. You don't even know if you've been hit <laughs> until, like, literally <laughs> the pain later on, but kind of thing, the adrenaline yep. kicks in. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like I say, I mean, when they eventually told me, obviously I kind of went over and I just apologised to him because I knew. So at this point, I'm going to wrap things up. So by all means, please comment and get in touch on our Facebook. DM us on our Instagram. Mine is Carmen.airsoft. Mine is Joraga Airsoft. Mine is the Airsoft Photographer. And 